0: This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth. And Brenthurst was voted South Africa's top boutique wealth manager in 2023. And speaking of 2023, it's still sort of lurking there, isn't it? There was lots of things going on in financial markets and geopolitics. And uh, 2024, sort of limping along, just waiting for some serious action. Hopefully, it won't get any serious action. but anyway the point is that i was sent a piece by renee Egar from uh, brentas wealth and she says that that was the year that was what drove market returns and what's on the horizon for 2024 half the question is easy renee half the question is difficult let's start with the easy bit 2023
1: hi lindsay thank you so much for having me on your podcast um yes i would like to start you know with a basically summarizing what happened last year. And, you know, I sent you a graph of some of the snapshots on how markets have done and the relevant asset classes. And I think, you know, without getting too sort of caught up in all the figures, the bottom line is that the U.S. equity market posted a return of about 22% in dollars, versus the local market in US dollar terms which is our all share index at about 1.7 so if i have to look at it quite you know logically last year was a sort of a recovery year in the us market but by no means an across the board recovery and you know i think What is quite pertinent to look at when you're looking at your investment in RAND terms is a lot of that growth on your offshore holdings has actually come from the 11% deterioration of the RAND over the past year. So, you know, you actually have to strip out when you're looking at your returns of last year of what contributed – and what detracted and and we can go through that in further detail yes
0: so the first thing you would do we're going to come to the so-called magnificent seven later on but you're saying that in order to get a, the real picture you've got to say okay the rand fell 11 percent. so let's say that you had an 11 percent increase in your purely south african stocks or south african exporters whatever it is miners it would be due to the mm. to the currency and not to your stock picking
1: Correct. So so if you have a look at it, I mean, if the all share index did 1.7 in dollar terms yeah. and you're factoring 11% decline in the currency into that, it actually almost shows you like bit of a downward trajectory in, in dollar terms. So it's very skewed. And, you know, I must say, you know, from a branch's point of view, we, we mainly look at, at the US markets and the return in dollar terms. Whatever happens with the RAND is a bonus, but we like to look at the drivers of what's happening in the the underlying markets. And, you know, that goes to my next point where I'd like to kind of break down what drove markets last year and why everything is looking a little bit let's call it overheated.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to throw my hat into the ring just briefly. When I think of 2023, I think of inflation peaking, interest rates not coming down, but certainly looking as though uh, they're going to stay at their current level for a couple of quarters, maybe even in the United States. But that is what drove the markets from my point of view, cheap money and all the anticipation of money becoming cheaper.
1: Absolutely. In fact, Lindsay, I'm actually quite tired of of saying the word inflation, because I think mm. I must have been, I think I've been saying that word for about two and a half years now, because that's all that's, that's driven sort of the global economy. But I think today what I'd like to, you know, educate our investors on is basically the talk of the town at the moment is the magnificent seven, yeah. okay, which is severely skewing what the index returns look like. Okay, so... You know, an example of the, let's call it Magnificent Seven, is companies like Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, NVIDIA, Meta, Microsoft, Tesla. Together, those stocks, those seven stocks make up 70%. I mean, have done 75% since the beginning of 2023. Now, these are all, you know, those giant tech stocks, okay, and basically, these are, are tech stocks, but that have also inbuilt in the price is basically the potential of emerging artificial intelligence, let's call it technology, has helped push those valuations up a- even higher. So I guess my main thing is, and it's important to strip out this in your own portfolio, is if you had taken those seven stocks out of the S&P 500 last year the index would only be up around 12 percent in u.s dollar terms which is by no means a recovery considering where we were at the end of 22 when markets had that big downturn so i think you know i would just like to try and educate investors You, you know a lot of my clients are saying to me you know why has my portfolio not done as well as this and it goes back to that whole Risk versus return thing there's no doubt that most fund managers in your portfolio would already have exposure to those stocks yeah. but again, it depends on the weighting. you know everybody's risky till markets are when markets are flying, and everybody is not when, when the reverse happens so it, it's very tricky, so I think you know my the reason why I want to talk about this today is is just to show them that You know, that 20% return that has come from U.S. markets this year has probably half of it or most of it is probably, you know, those seven stocks. So it's by no means has the general market, in other words, the overall market recovered as yet.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of people, um, it it sounds really easy, doesn't it? I mean, if you were, for example, selling, selling your wares to somebody who's never been in the stock market before, you could just say, look, 2023 are you and you bought these seven stocks and you could ask the fellow you know do you use microsoft every day probably yes do you use apple every day probably yes again and messer with google etc so it's, it's it's a very very easy sell unfortunately it's starting to become a little bit now risky is not the word it's it, it you say to yourself can i really buy one of these stocks which are at such elevated p e ratios renee correct so that's that's
1: the thing It. It's the fact that they are so overheated so you know let's call it an apple amazon google stock would probably be sitting at about a price earnings ratio of about let's say 34 percent whereas a stock in the s p 500 would be sitting at about nineteen, nineteen 19 times so what i'm saying is the broader market actually remains attractively priced even for new investors but the key is now not to get greedy and to chop and change and try and, in other words, chase performance, because that's when you're going to make your biggest mistakes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Is it a situation that can't prevail? In other words, seven stocks dominating an index which has 500 stocks in it. In fact, it's got 502, by the way, uh, Rene, and it was an anomaly, but there is 502 stocks in the S&P 500. But just like the JSC used to be dominated by two tech stocks, everyone mm. thought that was dangerous and unsustainable. Are fund managers and investors saying to themselves the magnificent seven can't be magnificent forever?
1: Well, I've actually I've actually read a lot of articles in the last week or so about the fact, you know, concerns that fund managers have about the overheatedness of these particular seven stocks. Not to say that, you know, go and sell all of these stocks in your portfolio. But I I, I definitely get the, the impression that fund managers are selling down. In other words, maybe not getting rid of the stocks as such, but definitely taking profits because they've had a hard run. And, you know, in the short term, there might be a little bit of, you know, the rally might continue short term. But, you know, the global market is not out of the woods yet. You know, there's still a lot of things that can happen. In other words, if inflation doesn't, you know, come down as quick as we we hoping, then those stocks might run for longer and the rest of the market might suffer. But, you know, at this point in time, it's it's so difficult to gauge. You know, the global economy has its own set of risks. You've got Russia, Ukraine, war. You've got Israel, Palestine. You know, in the U.S. in November, everybody goes to the polls again. So yes. it's going to be tricky for offshore investors. And, you know, yes, inflation is expected to come down, Madeira, which is great, because it seems like a, a turning point of reference, okay? But the, the the thing is, is that will the US not go into recession? It's highly unlikely at this stage, but again, anything can change. And that goes back to your diversified portfolio, and like I say in my own life, you know, moderation is key. So everything in moderation, and chasing last year's performance I don't believe it's go, is going to go is going to work going going forward. The broader market is attractively priced and I think that it's still time to just you know not be greedy and stick to your strategy.
0: Yes, and indeed and if you are a South African investor, uh, you've got to take a, into account the rand. You've also got to take into account an election year in South Africa. We've got Britain, uh, United States, Taiwan we've already had and and South Africa as well, which is also I mean, our stock market isn't really big enough to be to be moved around by the odd gain for the EFF here and the odd loss for the ANC there. But it's, it's got to be taken into account, especially when it comes to bond yields. We haven't spoken about bonds, but you'll maybe give me an idea yeah. of what 2024's portfolios look like for you.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, especially from a global point of view, just to, to cover that first, is global bonds have actually, let's say, I would say, last year, in, or the year before last year in particular, have actually de- detracted from a client's portfolio. So, you know, global bonds were down almost in the same year's equities, which is quite an unusual occurrence in markets. But, you know, those clients that have a balanced portfolio offshore, for example, or even locally for that matter, they need to basically stick to their bond exposure. And the reason I say that is when inflation comes down and interest rates start be getting decreased, then bond yields will go up. So there's always an inverse relationship. So bond yields globally have done, well, not so much South Africa, but in, in, in US terms in particular, have done not very much over the past couple of years. But I do believe that going forward, when interest rates st- start coming down, they're going to be of value in a portfolio gain. So, you know, people that have got a balanced type portfolio must definitely, definitely hold on to their bonds because I, I think that when things turn, it could have a nice little lift in your portfolio. Another huge positive in the global markets and also locally to some extent is there's a huge amount sitting in cash in other words, in money markets. And the minute interest rates come down, people will look for that capital growth and that, that that extreme yield to be able to outperform inflation again. And that will actually boost economies and drive markets higher. So, you know, I'm sort of kind of, let's call it cautiously optimistic for the year ahead that if, you know, global equities don't shoot the lights out or have a proper recovery. I think a balanced portfolio could do quite nicely with bond exposure going forward. And also locally, you know, we've had, even when when interest rates start coming down here, our income fund managers will definitely up their bond their bond weightings and capital growth on the bonds becomes more favourable in those environments. So, you know, I'm happy both locally and offshore to to have a good, a good percentage of your portfolio in bonds.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, it's, it, a lot of people uh, think bonds are boring, but they're not boring, actually. They're quite the opposite. And 2023 and half of 2022, those, um, those fixed income kids of yours uh, must have been doing an awful lot of uh, thinking because it has been a, a fascinating year. And po- hopefully equities. So if, just to sum it all up, Renee you're not going to really change your stance. You're going to look for pr- primarily at U.S. stocks, even though they may be slightly glamorous price-wise for now, and keep a diversified portfolio, same as last year.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, my, my key takeaway for clients locally, okay, with an election year, there's going to be the – me- the media are going to have a field day with it. Yeah. So I think that as long as you can keep the emotion out of your portfolio – and stick to your strategy, you should be fine. Okay. A lot of South Africans, and I speak, you know, generally, have been, there's been a lot of awareness created that you should have offshore exposure in your portfolio. And whether it's directly in US dollars or in hard currency, there's a lot of ways that you can invest offshore nowadays. So, I think if you can tick that box, you just need to let's say, uh, <laughs> calm your farm, in other words. <laughs> so I would say just don't take whatever's in the media and these elections into your portfolio because that's when you make silly mistakes. And globally, you know, the geopolitical circumstances there are are probably the biggest risk to what markets do. You know, the the elections in the US as well and globally, those will also create a lot of media hype but i think that you know compared to the past couple of years that we had i think we can be cautiously optimistic and i would definitely hope that you know let's call it those s&p those 493 stocks on the s&p that have not recovered i'm hoping that they will have a better year and we can see some proper inflation-beating returns, regardless of all these market circumstances that we have to deal with.
0: I'm sure if you uh, carry on with the Brenthurst tradition that you've, we've outlined on so many occasions over the years, then I think you'll be absolutely fine. Diversification is the, the, the first word on the list. But anyway, Renee, thank you very much for your insight into last year and what might happen this year. That's Renee Egal from Brenthurst Wealth, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.